0: talking heating with this and the utilities and how do you heat your house let's start that with it is still winter and it is still frigid (laughs) here (laughs) it is it really is and my heat is cranked up yeah it would be really nice for the furnace to not be running for just like a couple hours a day at this point that would be great yeah uh and and we're not even close to being done with winter i mean we're going to get a little bit of a break we got you know spring yeah 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 this is, this is Western Pennsylvania. We have, this is, what is this? This is first spring. Yeah. And then there's second spring and then there's fall spring and then there's spring. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Which immediately turns into hot sweltering summer and then immediately back into. Yeah, and, and we get excited every year. We do. For this first thaw. Yep. That is absolutely true. So yeah. So now that it is winter, what's your furnace
1: run on? So I, I do have a boiler. So I'm uh, gas as my, my energy source. And mm-hmm. I got uh, radiant heat radiator uh, floorboards. Okay. Uh, oh, it's, in, it's actually in the floor? Well, no, ba- baseboard. Uh, oh, ra- okay. Ra- do yeah.
0: you have to bleed them? Probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they do They do make some noise. So I'm, I'm going to assume that, yeah, I do have to do that. I so. remember my grandparents having yet. to bleed the radiators.
0: Yeah. That was the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's like a
1: process. You got to do like the farthest away from the boiler first or something like that. Yeah. I got
0: to YouTube it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. So is it natural gas? Natural gas, yeah. No, okay, yeah. But, but it's, but it heats a boiler, then some right. water heat. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, mine's, I'm natural gas too, but I have forced air. Okay. I so. wish I had that, yeah. You know, it, it's positive and negative. I mean, I'm lucky enough. I When I bought the house, it has a, a whole house humidifier unit mm-hmm. on it, which helps a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, but a lot of times with forced air, you're dealing with a lot of like static electricity and dry air in the winter and, right. and nose Right. And oh, yeah, yeah. Things like dry eyes, sore throat. <laughs> <laughs> Try to pet yeah. the cat. You get shocked. Oh, yeah. You know <laughs> <this is> <laughs> But so obviously we're not going to talk about like, you know, how to maintain your furnace, but we want to talk about the cost involved in this and sure. how to potentially, you know, limit your costs when it comes to heating and, and so forth and yeah. and so forth. Like, so I think one of the the first ways to talk about, what do you keep your house temperature at? And um, do you have to fight with the wife to do that? <laughs> we are both on the same team with that. No,
1: we, we both like it pretty warm. So okay. I, I'm, a, I'm a shorts in the wintertime in my house
0: guy. Ah, so okay. 70, my house does not go under 73. Okay. See we keep ours usually at 72. So 72. we're not that far away. No, no. Now they recommend and I don't know who they is because they recommend a lot of things, mm-hmm. but I've read that they recommend you keep your house at like 68. I can't keep it that cold. In the summer, yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, but not oh, not in yeah, the winter sure. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, so we're we're looking at some of the articles um, from our website actually. Yeah. And one of these articles I saw said that even raising or I guess lowering for for the winter lowering your temperature in your house by one degree can save you up to three percent of your cost for heating your house really yeah, I thought that was pretty high that but seems a lot yeah, so maybe maybe next month I'll drop my house down to seventy two and see if I save three percent
0: not yeah, see, I don't know like well okay, so lowering temperature like I have a smart thermostat okay because i'm a geek and i have all kinds of technology in my house yeah but the so the smart thermostat so my my smart thermostat actually detects whether my phone and my wife's phone if they're in if we're if we're in the house Mm -hmm. it keeps the temperature whatever we set it if both of our phones leave the thermostat is smart enough to know that we're not home and it lowers the temperature
1: oh now that's cool and and a little bit creepy but yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey, yeah. you have an Alexa-enabled I know, house, too. Yeah, um, but my Alexa doesn't know where I'm at. <laughs> doesn't it?
1: <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think it
0: doesn't. Okay. Doesn't it? All right, all right. Now, uh, at the same time, you could argue that every time we come home, it's got to run for an hour and a half to, to bring it back up to temp. Yeah. But chances are it wouldn't have run that long for the eight hours we were at work mm. to to make up. I think it does make a difference. But that
1: that would be a little bit hard on your furnace, too, though. If, it, if Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was always told don't do drastic changes to your temperature, at least for gas forced air.
0: You'll burn that blower out or. Yeah. uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it it bottoms out. Like, I can tell it where I want it to go. So just because we leave, like, it just doesn't keep it at 72, but it bottoms out at, like, 65. Okay. So if it gets to 64, it'll still turn on and get the house back up to 65. Yeah, Yeah,
1: and the chances of it going that low, because I'm I'm sure, Mr. Geek, you have a very energy-efficient house. (laughs) I'm sure you have at least double-pane windows
0: and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good uh, insulation. Yeah, there was double-pane windows when we moved in. And the attic has a lot of blown in insulation, mm-hmm. which is nice because that blown in stuff, I guess the thicker it is and the fluffier you keep it, mm-hmm. the more effective it is. Mm-hmm. You look in my attic and there's this tiny little space, probably, I don't know, like an eight foot by 10 foot space that I can put stuff onto. The rest of the attic is just snow. <laughs> <laughs> and I've not actually I've been in the house almost three years. I don't think I've ever actually been to the other side of my attic because I don't know what's under the snow. Uh, and I don't want to be Clark Griswold and go yep. straight through my ceiling and into my downstairs. Smart man, Yep. That's what it looks like. It's like snow. But that, but that does help. So it probably doesn't take too much for your house to heat
1: back up. Or it, nah. probably, it probably doesn't lose too much heat throughout the day, even in the coldest days of the winter.
0: No, it doesn't. I mean, it's like a pulse furnace. Mm-hmm. So it turns on, it gets up to temp. And then it drops down, but it's not like the old days where like my sister's house, she has a furnace that's like from way back mm-hmm. and it, it'll turn on and it'll take her house up to like 78 and then it'll okay. drop. And then like, it won't turn on for like three hours, but it'll drop to 68 and then it'll turn on again and run it all the way up. So ah. you have like this, like 10 degree temperature swing in the house. Like yeah. mine, mine won't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mine either. I think mine's maybe about two degrees. And then it, after two degrees, it turns back on. So gotcha. So, I mean, different types of heating obviously have different costs. Mm. Um, we're, we're both natural gas, but there's obviously electric heat that's an option. Which I heard that, that that's pretty <clears> expensive <throat> compared to, to other forms of heat. I guess it depends. I mean, gas right now isn't that bad. At least, yeah. At least you know, here, yeah. Trying to figure out how how they charge you for gas. It's like you need a cryptogram and like an Indiana Jones medallion to understand how that is calculated on your bill. I just trust they're not ripping me <laughs> off yet. Yeah. <Because>, I mean
1: <laughs> – you know, they're not out to, to make a ton of money. You know, they're giving us a utility or they're, they're providing yeah. us a utility. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. But they're still for profit. They I mean, are like, for profit. You know- but,
1: but I, in one of these articles, it even says that the utility companies are not out to make a massive profit. They're, I mean, that's true. Yeah. Like you said, you know, we had a short little conversation before this that you know some companies will actually give you some money back if you buy energy efficient appliances. Or mm-hmm. our, our electric company, they'll send us LED light bulbs because they want us to use you yeah. know, more energy
0: efficient light bulbs. That's true. You know? That's true. And honestly, when you say that, you're right. When I moved into the house, they gave me a rebate by buying my th- my smart thermostat. Mm-hmm. I got the smart thermostat for like, I think only ended up paying like $60 for it, even though it was a $200 thermostat because mm-hmm. I got it on sale and then I got a rebate from my electric company because it's in their best interest to not have to supply me with as much sure yeah gas or electric or whatever. Yeah. So electric heat, yeah. I mean, I, I've always – I had electric heat back in the day before we bought the house and I lived in an apartment. I had electric heat. Mm-hmm. And there was always that smell whenever you first turned it on <laughs> in the fall and you burned all the dust off uh-huh. of it because it was just basically a giant radiator. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess or whatever. Big but toaster, yeah. <laughs> a big toaster, <laughs> yeah. A big toaster, you know. And that was not cheap. I mean, uh, my electric was, was pretty high, uh-huh. you know. I remember one year, my electric bill in December was something like $400. Wow. It was was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had a gas bill that high. But like I said, right now, gas is a little cheaper. Mm -hmm. One thing you can do is a lot of the utility companies, they'll let you, it depends on the state that you're in, I Mm -hmm. guess. I don't know if every state allows you to do this, but we're in Pennsylvania. And in Pennsylvania, you can buy your electric or your gas from your chosen supplier. Okay. So you know, even though like it's say, it's First Energy is my electric company. I don't have to buy my electric from First Energy. I can buy it from another company in Ohio or Virginia or wherever. Uh-huh. I still pay my local electric company for the bill, but my cost per kilowatt hour goes up or down based on where I'm getting my energy from. But you got to be careful with those because sometimes they'll say they'll give you some deal and they'll say, okay, for the next three months, your kilowatt your cost per kilowatt hour is like. I don't know, a penny. Right. But, you know, you read the fine print and it says after six months, it can go up to some ridiculously high thing. So if you're going to do a search for an energy supplier, make sure that you're locked into a contract that won't raise your rate unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, they have to tell you, like, if it's a 12 month contract, a six month contract, whether it's variable, where it's whether it's a fixed rate, so make sure you're careful about how you do that because you can you can kind of get snowed early and think, "Oh, I'm going to really save a bunch of money." And you do mm-hmm. for 3 months. And then So so make that change in in winter, at the beginning of winter, so you get that good deal at the beginning of winter and <laughs> not in the yeah. summer when you don't need it. <laughs> yeah, but here's here's the trick. If if you're in a 12-month contract uh, yeah. and you only get that deal for the first 3, then you could end up paying more for the next 9 months. Yeah. So you just got to be very careful, you know, when you're doing those, doing your research, make sure that you're doing, I recommend like when I do it, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if I should say I recommend, but when I do this for myself, I only use like 12 month contracts and fixed rates. Okay. And if that fixed rate is lower than what my current electric supplier is, or my current gas supplier is, Mm -hmm. then I figure, Hey, at least for the next 12 months, I'm most likely getting a, a better deal. Okay. But I know that it can't move. You know. So if it goes down, I don't get the benefit of that either, but it can't go up. So so along those lines where we're talking about
1: contracts and, and things like that. Some some utility companies let you make payments on like a payment plan. Is that something you do? I mean, I, I know I've had relatives do that. They'll take your highest amount used for for a month. Oh, yeah. And they'll break it out instead of paying twenty five or thirty dollars in June. You may pay one hundred and twenty dollars in June and one hundred and twenty dollars
0: every month instead of two hundred dollars in December. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did I did that when I was at the apartment after my four hundred dollars. <laughs> okay, <laughs> winter bill. Yeah, they call it like an equal payment plan. Yeah. So you're right. You're you're paying possibly more than what you're using in the summer months. Say mm-hmm. you know when we're talking heating, right? You're you're probably paying more in the summer months than you normally would, but it helps to offset the spikes in the winter. So you're sort of paying ahead, yeah. If you want to look at it that way, yeah. And sort of building yourself a little nest egg in your account, and mm-hmm. then when the electric goes up in the winter, you're you're not having to pay those giant spike bills. So that's a good point. Yeah, you could definitely. Yeah, you're not really too.
1: saving on money, but you're you're kind of making it a little bit easier uh,
0: to, to budget. you know. Yeah. Go oh, ahead. it definitely go, makes yeah. it easier to budget because yeah. you know exactly what it's going to be. And a lot of times too, they'll revisit you like every quarter. Okay. So if you, if they look at your, if they look at what your equal payment plan is and they'll say, Oh, you're paying too much, mm-hmm. you know, then maybe in the second quarter, it'll go down a little because they, they, they kind of have an idea of how much you're going to need. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Especially if you're on a budget mm-hmm. because then you, you, then you don't have to try to, worry about what it's gonna look like whenever it goes way up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Twenty-five dollar electric bill in June is great. Uh a four hundred and fifty dollar electric bill in January is not.
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh you run air conditioning, uh
0: you're never gonna see that twenty five dollar bill in June anyway.
1: That's <laughs> true.
0: <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> that is true that is true. So yeah, I don't know which one of those those types would be cheaper. I, I don't know if it would be electric or or, or gas. Mm-hmm. I don't um, know what else is out there. Propane, got, yeah, propane, oil, oil, you know, heating oil, you know, and not everybody has the ability to choose either. You yeah. know, if if your house is in an area where they don't have natural gas lines, it's going to be hard to use natural gas mm-hmm. uh, if your if your house isn't piped for natural gas, plumbed for natural gas. So, you know, my parents actually have three different heating sources in their house. When they bought the house, it was electric. Mm-hmm. They have a wood burner downstairs and a fireplace in the living room that they can use. And then years ago, when I was a kid, they put in propane. So primarily they use the propane, Mm -hmm. right? But from a resale value on the house, technically they can sell it as a, a three heat source home. So you can kind of pick, you kind of pick how you want to, how you want to heat it. You know, if you're okay with chopping wood and you want to use the wood burner, you can go ahead and do that, you know, but not everybody wants to chop wood all the time. Yeah. You know, so, so propane, they have to get that filled what twice a year or, um, yeah I guess probably they okay. it's it's not something that's it's not like natural gas where it's like they run lines underground like the the truck comes up and right like, right you know fills up the propane tanks and they have the they have these giant tanks out back that look like the Jolly green giants version of what's under your grill <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they used to have two now they have three so that usually gets, it's usually like once a year they get them filled okay you know but uh, again your mileage may vary depending on how hot you keep your house yeah yeah. So yeah, so we so we kind of talked about like some of the other stuff like the insulation the windows, things like that, and keep that in mind. you said about I think you said before we talked about turning down your hot water tank, yeah that for for natural gas that that's a good way of saving uh a little bit of
1: money so you know, if, if you, you don't
0: mind a slightly cooler shower, you know just turn you mean you you mean turn down like the temperature on it
1: right 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 okay, right. yeah, right so yeah, you're saving on on heating that hot water to a to a hotter temperature, yeah, yeah. And in the um, wintertime, I don't need a, a super hot shower. You know, anything above room temperature is you, know, you can <laughs> feel it. Decent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. And in the summertime, honestly, you don't always want really hot showers either yeah. because it feels- but you're not
1: heating, you know, your
0: house in the summertime. So that cost is usually yeah. lower anyway. That's true you mentioned about the budgeting and i think the the budget plan and stuff i mean whether you go on a budget plan by, from your utility provider or whether you do it yourself i think just having a budget is the the big thing to try mm-hmm. to remember like you know budget out for it understand that if you live in an area where there's cold winters or hot summers mm-hmm. you're going to have peaks and valleys in your heating costs or your cooling costs mm-hmm. so budget for that i mean if you know that's going to happen you know make sure you have a budget somehow yeah you know budget it somehow
1: you mentioned uh, or we, we talked a little bit about your smart thermostat I don't personally have a smart mm-hmm. thermostat but I have a hack for that so and not necessarily that it, it's going to be controlled but to kind of keep track of your your temperature a little bit more so using old mercury thermostats they're not very accurate you know you, you can be within a couple degrees and, and not know it so buy yourself a little digital thermometer mm-hmm. and uh, put that next to your thermostat or, or fairly you know in the same room as your thermostat I keep my house at seventy three, but mm-hmm. you know, on my thermostat, it looks like seventy five. Ah, I gotcha. And and that's kind of how
0: I keep track of my temperature and dial it in a little bit more. That's literally, a, that, that's probably a good point because sometimes people make adjustments to their house after they're built. Mm-hmm. Like most, I would have to say that most of the time when a house is built, your thermostat is usually wired in somewhere that's first of all convenient. Mm-hmm. But then, second of all, it's supposed to be in some sort of a centralized location mm-hmm. that is away from drafts and things like that, so that it maintains a, an accurate temperature. Mm-hmm. But then, people make modifications to their house. They put a door in where there didn't used to be a door, mm-hmm. so they can go out on the deck. Knock a wall down. Uh, they knock yeah. a wall down. They put a wall up. Whatever it is. So you know, keep that in mind too. If you're doing home renovations, or if you think your house has been renovated prior to you moving in and your thermostat isn't where it's most efficient. It's it's not a cheap prospect to move your thermostat, mm-hmm. but you know, if just something to keep in mind. I think you you make yeah, a good point yeah. like keep a thermometer somewhere else in the house where you can base your setting on your thermostat on the actual temperature of the house, not mm-hmm. necessarily what the thermostat says it is cuz it may or may not be accurate. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean that's a good point. If you do have multiple options, you know, for for heating like my parents do which like I said not every house does, but you know, keep an eye on the electric company. Maybe, you know, maybe the electric is cheaper next year. Probably not, but it could <laughs> be. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. for all of you people that work for electric companies, don't you know, <laughs> don't send us hate mail. But yeah,
1: yeah, and and you know, if if you can close a room off, close a door cover event, you know if you don't need to heat that room don't heat that room if you're not going to be in there that's a really good point i I think or or if you have the option you know for for zoning some some houses and some thermostats some some furnaces you know you can you can actually have zones in your house you know yeah actually use that bigger houses a lot of times have zones you know right but but use that functionality
0: yeah you said about smart thermostats some smart them not all but some smart thermostats actually have remote sensors you can put in different parts of the house mm. and it'll read back to the thermostat that, Hey, the, the, this room in the house is cooler than that room. And if you're a house like mine with forced air, the duct work can be opened and closed with little mm-hmm. valve, little levers mm-hmm. on, on the ductwork. And the, the goal should be really to heat your house evenly mm-hmm. so that you don't have hot and cold spots. But the only way to really do that is to put a temperature sensor in multiple places, so that you know whether or not your house is being heated evenly or not. Uh, you know, so that's something you could also look into. If you're not zoned, you know, your house either wasn't big enough to be zoned, or if you it just just wasn't because it's an older home or something like that. There there are technological alternatives to possibly being able to do sort of a not really a zoning, but at least be able to help even out your heat. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a that's a good point. You know, and if you and if you can make your downstairs warmer. Heat rises. Heat rises. Yep. I mean, it really does. You have a wood burner, you have a fireplace in a, on a lower level, yep. and it's not. Um, it also depends. You know, let's talk about fireplaces for a second here, too. Okay. Fireplaces, you want to look at too is it a wood burning fireplace? Is it a gas fireplace? And then if it's a gas fireplace, is it an insert where most of the heat comes into the room? Mm-hmm. Or is it more like a wood burning fireplace or gas logs where most of the heat goes right up your chimney? Mm-hmm. So you you want to consider that too, you know that just because your house has a fireplace doesn't necessarily mean that all of the heat is going into the house. That's a lot true. of it can go right up the chimney if you're not careful. Yeah. So you got to Yeah, um, I have, I have a
1: gas or a gas. I have a a, a wood um, burning fireplace, but I also have a, a a wood burning stove in my basement for that same reason, you know, mm-hmm. heat the heat the basement up, heat that floor up. Yeah. You know, and and hopefully save a little bit on heating the rest of the house with, with that natural what gas. Kind of,
0: well, do you have like, is there space under your wood burning stove or is it yeah, like one yeah. of those? Okay. No, yeah. I got space underneath it.
1: it. It's, um, it's, it's not strictly wood. It's, it's a, I think it's actually a coal burning, okay. but we, we burn wood there too.
0: I, I only ask because my parents, they have a wood burner. Like their wood burner downstairs has a space under it. Mm-hmm. And we had a cat whenever I was younger that used to literally love to sleep on it. It's only like eight inches uh-huh. off the oh, ground, yeah. Yeah. you know? And my, I, we had a cat that would sleep under there. I thought she was going to just combust one day, but she <laughs> loved it. She absolutely loved being under there. And I, th- those things get hot. Oh no, yeah. Oh yeah. you know. But no, she. <laughs> poor cat. We
1: even had, we even had that happen yet. Yeah. Yeah. Our cat, but. Uh, Be careful. Yeah, yeah. Well, she just started going downstairs. So. Oh. We just started letting her down. Oh, probably actually just a week or two ago. So. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll keep an eye out.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't let her go under the yeah, yeah, yeah. Her. <laughs> What else? What else we got?
1: If you haven't had your furnace checked by uh, someone who is a, a trained professional within the last couple years, it's probably not a bad idea to make sure it's still efficient and working properly. It's not dangerous. And that could save you some money. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, absolutely a good point. Same thing with chimneys and things like that. If you haven't had them cleaned, yep. Yep. creosote, things like that, build up, you know, yep. from a, I mean, it's not necessarily a cost saving thing. I mean, we're talking cost savings because, you know, bank chats and all that, but I mean, from a safety perspective, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want a chimney fire. It's, it's cost saving. You don't have to rebuild a house. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Didn't you say you just had your chimneys clean, not like, like last I, I, year? I, yeah. I had them looked at. I, yeah. It, oh, was, it wasn't clean okay. yet. Yeah. Okay. It
1: wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I burn insane. I burn those um, creosote logs. I don't know if it actually helps. I've heard they help a- anti creosote logs, yeah. whatever you want to call them. That's true. That if
0: they're a creosote log, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> exactly the opposite of what I what I want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that actually works,
0: but it's a peace of mind. Yeah, <laughs> I would have to. I mean, it's I not know. hurting anything. Yeah. See, from a bank perspective, we're not allowed to say anything that. Isn't true, but but other marketing can, can yeah. be a lot of <laughs> a yeah, little yeah. Bit more a little bit more free with that stuff. But yeah. I, I'd have to think they probably work. I would I would assume. I hope they do. Yeah. For the sake of your chimney and your cat. Yeah. 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 My house is still standing. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, try to stay
1: warm. Yeah, you too. Um, it's and, pretty warm this week, but I think we're gonna get back down to uh below freezing here. Yeah. this weekend or next week.
0: Yeah. And try to try to save some money in the process, you know. <laughs> yeah if anybody has any uh any tips tricks anything like that that they want to share feel free to throw it in the comments always like to hear back from you guys love to hear your questions things like that too that we can touch on in a different episode and uh, if you haven't listened to the most recent episode of bank chats had uh, the full episode with well, this is bank chat but it's the full episode mm-hmm. of Bank chats, the not two cents episode of bank chats we had a really really interesting conversation with uh, john Valcosi about uh, crypto yeah uh, that's out there right now so you could check that out too This podcast focuses on having valuable conversations on various topics related to banking and financial health. The podcast is grounded in having open conversations with professionals and experts with the goal of helping to take some of the mystery out of financial and related topics, as learning about financial products and services can help you make more informed financial decisions. Please keep in mind that the information contained within this podcast and any resources available for download from our website or other resources relating to Bank Chats is not intended and should not be understood or interpreted to be financial advice. The host, guests, and production staff of Bank Chats expressly recommend that you seek advice from a trusted financial professional before making financial decisions. The host of Bank Chats is not an attorney, accountant, or financial advisor and the program is simply intended as one source of information. The podcast is not a substitute for a financial professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. AmeriServe Presents Bank Chats is produced and distributed by AmeriServe Financial Incorporated. Thank you for listening. Please check out our full library of episodes, which can be found on the AmeriServe.com website, You can also download or stream the podcast from your favorite podcast app. For now, I'm Drew Thomas. So long.